what's the deal with Jonathan Taylor? And why do we love Kenny Pickett and Jordan Love so much coming out of the preseason? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we begin another edition and another week of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iredo, and I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Yeah, Michelle, uh, we're going to catch people up today on today's show with the preseason news note so look at the injuries look at some players that were higher on after the preseason some players were lower on so a bit of a stock watch here related to injuries but also looking at performance here in the preseason we've changed our minds a little bit here and we'll share how we've done that and uh, what to expect with these injured players we'll do that on today's show before we do that this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Game Time, the Game Time app and GameTime.co. Create an account, use the promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Michelle, uh, you've uh, compiled a list of uh, injured players that we need to talk about in today's show. So I'll let you dive in, and we'll uh, break down what we think and how we want to approach these guys during the draft. I think the number one guy we need to talk about is Jonathan Taylor. So he is, he just became present at practice for the Colts. He actually showed up, but he was not dressed. He's still on the sidelines, still on that pup list. Now, the late, we just got some latest news right before we hopped on here from Stephen Holder, a ESPN reporter. He said, Jonathan Taylor update. Talks continue, and as expected, this will go down to the wire. One tidbit, I believe there will be a second team involved beyond the Dolphins, which would certainly change the dynamics. So we know for sure that the Dolphins have set an offer. We don't know what it is. Clearly, it's not a first-round pick, or you think the Colts would accept that immediately. But they seem to be in the sweep states. And I think if Jonathan Taylor goes there, I'm all in. But if a team, if we get, they gave him a deadline of Tuesday, right? Tuesday at the end of the day. If we get to Wednesday, Thursday, and he's still on the Colts, how are you feeling about taking him? Because he's still a second-round pick. Yeah, my first draft of note that uh, I really have uh, here, I had to do on Thursday. So I'm going to find out on uh, August 31st if I'm interested in Jonathan Taylor. We'll know because they have final roster cuts. So I'm glad I waited until the roster cuts and Wednesday and this uh, trade deadline because I have a good idea. And yeah, Jonathan Taylor, he'd be suddenly way more appealing if he was with Miami because he would clean up that entire mess with Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson Jr. and Devin Kane and just be their starting running back. And now you're essentially looking at a team that has three big-time weapons that's going to flow their whole offense through them, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Taylor. And Taylor doesn't have to catch passes to be very effective in that because he can score a lot, get a lot of rushing yards in that ideal zone blocking system for Mike McDaniel. So, yeah, we'd be all in. I'd like him ahead of Josh Jacobs. I'd probably like him ahead of Derrick Henry if he's a Dolphin. Whoa. I think I would be that high on him because I think, again, there's not many people touching the ball in Miami. It should be an explosive offense. They're going to score points. 
He's going to finish a lot of drives, so I love that if Taylor ends up there. Now, with the Colts, uh, I'm more staying away. I don't know what he's going to do, if he's going to hold in, so to speak. Uh, no, I, I, I can't like him in the current situation. If he doesn't love the team, you have a rookie quarterback, this offense, very limited as well, so you could see containing this offense completely here. The offensive line has some question marks. So I might be all out. If it's the Colts, uh, we'll have to see what this mystery team is. I don't know who it could be. Uh, I'm hoping it's not the Vikings, right, for my Alexander Madison love. But, yeah, it is interesting. I will say right now if you're drafting and you don't know what's happening with Jonathan Taylor – I'm still okay taking him, right? I don't, I'm not saying he's completely off my board, but I'm going with guys like Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, even Joe Mixon over him. But then when it gets to that tier where it's Ramondre Stevenson, Jameer Gibbs, and Aaron Jones, and Brees Hall, and Kenneth Walker, like I want Jonathan Taylor over all of those guys because they all have question marks, right? And they might have to split a backfield and we don't feel 100% confident. So I'm still willing to take Jonathan Taylor there because even if he has to stay with the Colts, you expect him to play, right? And be back. And then if he ends up getting traded to the Dolphins, you got to steal. So I'm still willing to take him. It's just I'm going to take those other guys who own a backfield to themselves and are much safer before him. Yeah, the one thing we don't like in fantasy football is uncertainty. And there's just too much uncertainty right now. The ankle, is he going to be on this team? Let's just get a definition here. Is he going to play in week one? Who's he going to play for in week one? Then we feel real confident about taking him. Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba doesn't look good to play in week one, Michelle. He's got a wrist injury here. That's not going to affect us too much, I don't think, early in the season because we're drafting him as a borderline wide receiver three, four. But it it might help – the value maybe DFS of uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for that game. And we're just hoping this is not a lingering thing, right? I mean, are you hearing anything about him being out beyond early in the season? I feel like we'll never know with Seahawks players, right? We yeah. Pete Carroll does not tell us the truth about injuries. So this could be a long injury. He could be back by week one. Who knows? But uh, with such a severe, I, I believe he fractured his wrist. I, I I would not assume he's back by week one, probably not even week two. In that case, it's hard. It's already been hard to have too much confidence in him because we see the talent, but he has so many weapons around him and DK and Tyler Lockett that's going to steal a ton of targets and touchdowns. And then with this injury, I just don't see him even being usable for fantasy until midseason. I'm personally going to stay away. There's guys going around him like Brandon Cooks, Cortland Sutton, Juju, especially Gabe Davis, who's going after him that I would prefer to take over JSN. So with this injury, I'm completely out. I was already on the line to begin with, and with the injury, I'm out. Yeah, it's really hard to invest a player. You don't know when they're going to be back. It's also another unknown, right? He's a rookie. You're not absolutely sure what his role is going to be right away. You hear a lot of more 11 personnel, but we're not sure exactly. So this might alter their plans as well to go to back to 12 personnel and use their tight ends. And one guy I think I'm out on now – I wanted to be in on this guy badly, (laughs) Michelle, is Jerry Judy. I liked him early. I liked the situation. Everyone was uh, dropping like flies in this offense. Tim Patrick was gone there with another injury. You lost to KJ Hamler. Now he got hurt with a hamstring, Jerry Judy. Then they cut Kendall Hinton. Everything seems to be lining up for the guy that you started to like a little bit more is Cortland Sutton. So, I think I'm going to take the value on Cortland Sutton and be totally out on Jerry Judy because hamstring, 
soft tissue, we know they linger. And for Jerry Judy, the injury history is not great. And uh, maybe we also look at Marvin Mims, another guy we buzzed about later in the draft. So maybe it's Sutton and Mims that uh, Russell Wilson's going to have to ride with this year. Yeah, I mean, we have to realize with Jerry Judy, he gets hyped every year, right? But we're talking about a guy that has nine total receiving touchdowns throughout his three NFL seasons. A guy who has 80 plus receiving yards in six games, six games in his entire career, just 80 plus receiving yards. And every year he gets overhyped. And I I understood the hype, right? With Russell Wilson, with Sean Payton. Like it does seem like Russell Wilson prefers Jerry Judy when he's healthy on the field, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And now with this hamstring injury, like he really hasn't shown us anything in his career, but we keep saying like, oh, this is the guy. Is he? I he's going way too high. Maybe he drops a bit with this injury, but there's still so many good players around him. There's Deontay Johnson who's going like a good round and a half after him. I would much prefer Deontay Johnson, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk. Like, give me anyone going a couple rounds after him, and I still like them over Judy. Yeah, I, I don't mind it because it makes me not be tempted by him, <laughs> and I can maybe hope for something out of Corlin Sutton at very cheap a price later in the draft. So I like that. Now, we've been talking up Jahan Dotson. His wide receiver mate, Terry McLaurin, has turf toe, and we're not sure how this is going to help him react and get ready here in the practices leading up to week one against the Cardinals. So I'm not sure on Terry McLaurin anyway. He's a guy that I'm not necessarily targeting because we've been talking about Jahan Dotson. But something like this can linger, and this would make me like Dotson even more. Yeah. So with this, I actually think Terry McLaurin is very important to the offense. Like I want him there healthy for Sam Howell to succeed. I think this opens up things for Jahan Dotson, but at the same time, I already thought Dotson and McLaurin were going to get a pretty similar target share and Dotson was going to get more of the touchdowns. So with Terry McLaurin dealing with this turf toe, that can definitely linger all year long. We've seen a lot of guys struggle with that for a good, you know, that could last till mid season. I mean, he'll play, Like, I don't think he's going to be out. I think he could even play week one. It's just how efficient is he and how well can he, you know, beat those defenders that he's so talented at doing. But there's other guys that are going after him that are going to get a ton of targets. They're already struggled to score touchdowns, just like Terry McLaurin, that you can get rounds later, like a Deontay Johnson or even Chris Godwin's going around later. Like, I'll just take a shot on those two guys if I just want a really heavy target player that is really talented. But they're never, you know, those wide receiver ones in fantasy. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, McLaurin, I have pause again. Not a guy that I've necessarily targeted. So that does make sense to just look at other guys. And that's what we can do. We don't have to look at these guys if there's some better alternatives there. Traylon Burks is another one. He had a bit of a knee issue that uh, popped up a few weeks ago. They're not very kind of forthcoming on his injury here. So I have no idea if he's going to be out there for week one. I'm not sure this uh, Titans passing game again. I want to invest in a little bit more, but I'm a little bit uh, kind of intimidated here by this injury. And then DeAndre Hopkins' age, I don't know what we're going to get from Sugar Conquo. I, I think this makes me not just out on Burks, but maybe out on the Titans in their passing game. I'm still totally in a DeAndre Hopkins. The thing with 
Burks is you could see the upside because he could be the wide receiver one for a team. And Ryan Tannehill has supported a wide receiver one before. But as soon as they signed DeAndre Hopkins, like his upside was pretty much deflated. And now he's dealing with another injury. He's had trouble staying healthy. I'm completely out on Traylon Burks. There's just other guys you can take with similar upside that are much safer uh, later in the draft. So, yeah, this injury makes me I was already out, but I'm 100 percent out. Yeah, I mean, he's probably wide receiver five at best. That's how I would draft him. I'm not going to take him in that wide receiver three, four borderline where he's going. I think I would maybe the concern at five, maybe even at wide receiver six, but not there. Uh, Kyler Murray, oh man, this Cardinals team, I think some of the things they're doing makes me say they just want to be done with Kyler Murray, that they're not – rushing necessarily getting him back they're like taking it so casual they're like okay we got josh dobbs and clayton tune and if we have to play cole mccoy we're okay with that as long as kyler needs some time just let him take his time coming back the earliest now i'm hearing is week five and this is just making us in fantasy this guy maybe we're chasing someone from a couple years ago that may never resurface again his knee issue is going to hurt his running this new offense doesn't feel fantastic here for Kyler Murray's skill set. I think the Cardinals, look, they're potentially sitting on the number one and number two overall picks after that deal with the Texans. They want to blow this thing up. I think they'll go after their quarterback and wide receiver together. Caleb Williams, a lot more attractive right now if I'm the Cardinals than what Kyler Murray can do in an abbreviated season. Yeah. The thing is, Caleb Williams is saying he might not even come out of the draft. So I don't know if you really tank it all for him, for a guy you don't know. It is scaring me a little bit with the moves they made last week, right? Trading away their starting tackle, Josh Jones, and one of their, like, the only, one of their only good defensive players left on the team, Isaiah Simmons. So that is a little worrisome. But I think they know even if Kyler Murray does come back, they're not going to win much, right? Like, they weren't winning with him last year. So I do think this is a time where they can rebuild, but still you know, want Kyler Murray to be their guy. And there's really no reason to rush him back from injury when you know you're not going to win many games. So the Cardinals say they still plan to play Kyler Murray as soon as he's healthy and ready to go. And I do think if he's playing, he will be a steal where he's being drafted, right? And the thing is, if he starts on the pup list, you can draft him with one of your last picks, throw him on your IR spot. And I don't think that's terrible, especially if you you, know, you waited to take your first quarterback you know, if you have, you're depending on a Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins all year, just throw Kyler Murray on your IR. If he comes back, then you have some upside. I would rather go with Kyler Murray, throw him in my IR than guys like Mac Jones or Desmond Ritter or CJ Stroud. Like, guy, you're not going to, yeah, no, that's, won't do that's anything. True. But unless you need a backup, like, I'm not worrying about Kyler Murray. And if I need a backup, I want to go with Sam Howell anyways. I would prefer Sam Howell over Kyler. So, uh, I don't see many situations I would grab him, but it's not the worst idea if you can plug him into your IR spot. No, not at all. And look, there are some uh, quarterbacks we do like there, uh, and we'll get into them in our next segment here. Oh, and, uh, yeah. I know there's one in particular that you want to talk about, Michelle. So uh, I'll let you uh, get ready for that here. Yeah, I'm wearing my Steelers t shirt if you're watching on YouTube just for this moment. I'm going to, you know, I've been. Rolo, my boy, Kenny Pickett, but I'm going to hype Kenny Pickett and George Pickens up here in just a second. But before we get to that, August is here and you know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball and underdog fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, 
no waivers, no trades. Underdog set your best lineup every week. It is personally my favorite way to mock draft and prepare for my home leagues as everyone has a stake in the team that they draft and you get real accurate ADP of where players are being drafted. Or if you already finished your draft, you can join some best ball tournaments in order to crave that fantasy football needs prior to the season. You can try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. All right. It's time. It's time to talk about the players. We are higher on than we were prior to the preseason. Right. And I feel like I just have to start here because I've been mean to Kenny Pickett. Right. I've not been nice to him. And I just want to say I'm getting a little excited to watch him this year. I do think he's going to make a big jump. And the reason that I've been a little bit lower on George Pickens this offseason is because of Kenny Pickett. I was worried about what kind of leap he would make. But we all know Pickens is a great talent, right? He caught four of Pickett's seven receipts passing touchdowns last year he led rookies with 15.4 yards per reception he had 19 contested catches that was third most in the nfl behind only justin jefferson and dk metcalf it all came down to can kenny pickett make the jump and this preseason he has been perfection he has had a perfect passer rating 158.3 over the course of this preseason the the steelers scored a touchdown on all five drives that pickett played in and I just want to say like how rare it is for a guy to have a perfect passer rating. So he's actually the only player since at least 2000 to have 15 plus pass attempts and a perfect passer rating in a single preseason. Like he just hasn't done anything wrong yet. And we've seen the connection between Pickett and Pickens. They connected for three receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown, two completions of 30 plus yards. I'm getting really excited to watch these two play. And I think if Kenny Pickett can just make a, a solid jump, then George Pickens is going to be a great draft pick this year. I don't know how high I am at Pickett in fantasy for a quarterback, but I think overall he will be good and help out Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Yeah, Michelle, I think I was higher on, on him in fantasy before you yeah. were here. So I will back up my guy here because he can do everything. I love the athleticism as well that he can run and uh, produce that way if needed. And I saw this guy at the other Pittsburgh, and I just saw him just do whatever he needed to make plays. And I like that in a quarterback. I think there's also a very good vibe around him that he's a leader. He's a little bit determined. He's hardworking. These are very important. And I just look at his body language. He's excited to be out there and wants to play quarterback at a high level. And you see him jumping up and down with George Pickens. And I want that in my fantasy quarterback. And I think you have to start adding up the weapons and look all around. I mean, you have two very good starting receivers. You've got some better depth at wide receiver. You have a very good tight end. You have a good pass catching running back. You could say two if you throw in Jalen Warren behind Najee Harris. So you've got weapons. You've got your mobility. You're in a division where I think you're going to see some high scoring games, surprisingly. I mean, this was a division that used to be defensive and everybody's grinding, but if you look at the weapons around Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow and now Lamar Jackson, you could have some high-scoring games here. So they're going to have to put up points more than usual. I look at this uh, Steelers 
team overall, I think they're underrated. And I have them really doing well this season. I won't totally give it away. I'll have my predictions up at Sporting News. But I think this is a team that's going to compete possibly for this division. And I think they return to the playoffs. So when you look at that, it's going to be dependent on Kenny Pickett doing well. He's just not going to be under wraps here. So I think Matt Canada is going to make you feel better, Michelle. He's going to do things that are going to help Kenny Pickett succeed here. He can't do any worse, but I think they were a little bit slow, probably their conservative ways of not wanting to get the rookie quarterback out there. I think they realized their mistake in uh, going with Mitchell Trubisky early. It put Pickett a little bit behind, not this offseason, not this preseason. It's Kenny Pickett season here. So I love the Pickett to Pickens, and I think you might like my selection here. I'm also going with a combination here of Jordan Love and Romeo Dubs. And I love it. Love and Romeo. Get it? Get it? This is great. Um, It's going to be something that we fall in love with in fantasy football as well. With Jordan Love, I think there are some of the similar traits to Kenny Pickett. And look, I look at the Steelers and Packers. These are two teams that know what they're doing. If they are drafting a quarterback, identifying a quarterback that fits their system, he's going to fit their system and have success. And again, good offensive line, pretty good young weapons. They're just younger. But you could say Kenny Pickett doesn't have a lot of seasoned guys around him. And the Deontay Johnson is the young veteran. But now you look at this team with Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson and just looking at Luke Musgrave being a factor, Jane Reed, young guys, the offensive line's got David Bakhtiari back healthy. So everything's lining up well here for Jordan Love to put up numbers. And I, again, another thing I'm going to give away, I do like the Packers to be competitive, go after the other North and make the playoffs. So that's going to be tied to Jordan Love, and he has to play statistically pretty well here to get it done. So I, I love Love, and uh, with Watson – I like him too, but I love the value of Dubs a lot later with his ADP. I think he's just right. I think Jane Reed is just a dark throw you just had late in your draft. I do like that as a late pick. I don't love Christian Watson early pick, but I think the Dubs and love, uh, Romeo love is going to be all over this. And uh, it's going to be I heart Packers passing game for fantasy football here in 2023. Yeah, I I do have the Packers finishing fourth in their division. So I don't think it's going to be a great year for them. But I do really like Romeo Dobbs just because of the value. And I do think he can be the wide receiver one on this team. And they don't necessarily have to be good. Jordan Love doesn't even necessarily have to be good for Dobbs to be a relevant fantasy asset. It's not that I think Love is going to be bad. It's just I don't foresee him putting up big numbers. I don't foresee him running for a lot. I don't foresee him, you know, having even more than 20 passing touchdowns I think everything around him is just too young I'm gonna give him another year like give him one year develop give everyone a year uh under their belt here because it's just way too young of a team so I'm with you with Dobbs but not so much with Jordan Love but the guy this is seems like a silly one I'm gonna say my next guy got higher on it's Garrett Wilson that's now playing with you know uh ex-Packers Aaron Rodgers and I was always super high on him that's not the point It was just like, I was getting a little worried. We all, I mean, everyone has him as a top 10 wide receiver. And I think I have him ranked as like wide receiver seven. And I'm like, is this getting too high? Like I was getting worried. But then we get to see Aaron Rodgers finally play in a preseason game. He has five completions, 47 yards and a passing touchdown. Garrett Wilson had three of those receptions, 30 of the 47 yards and caught the touchdown. Like Garrett Wilson was exactly as advertised, exactly like, as what we thought he could be with Aaron Rodgers. I know it was like, 
what, a couple drives we got to see, but it was beautiful. And I loved everything about it. And Nicole Hardman was the only other wide receiver on the team to even get a target from Rogers. Corey Davis retired. That doesn't seem like a lot, but that is, you know, a, yeah, a veteran target. wide receiver now off the team. So I think Garrett Wilson does like he solidified it for me that he does have top five, top three ceiling. And it's completely fine that he's going where he's going in drafts. Michelle, I'm going to start by saying I do love everything you're saying, and I am on board with all of it. Now we can play a little bit game and say, where would you draft him? Who would you draft him over? So I assume you're not going to take him over Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. Is that fair no. to say? Yeah. Okay. That is fair now, to say. Okay. So we have uh, Cooper Cup. How about this? We'll start with Cooper Cup. Would you take Garrett Wilson over a potentially injured Cooper Cup? I'm still taking Cooper Cup. Okay. I lo- I'm I like still that. taking I'm Cooper go Cup over him, and I'm still taking Tyreek Hill over him. Okay. That's fair. That was the other guy I was going to bring up, but I, I assumed Tyreek Hill was out just with uh, Ch- Jefferson and Chase. So let's get more interesting here. Stefan Diggs, would you take? Same division, quarterback connection. Other guys could touch the ball. I'm in still Buffalo. taking Stephon Diggs. Okay. So then we I'm get still into taking some Stephon Diggs, but guys. that's the line. That's the okay, line. That's the line. That's, so that's where it stops. You're taking him over yeah. then Devontae Adams, 100% over Devontae yes. Adams at this stage. Okay. Yes, over Amon think, Ra. Okay. I'm with that. I'm right there with you. I think I would do that exactly the same line that you have him at. Cooper Cup, I don't know. Like, I'm just a little bit afraid of that injury, the latest injury. And I feel like the Jets are an ascending team. The Rams are not. I would consider Garrett Wilson over Stephon Diggs. I was trying to sneak in that vibe here. But I would consider it because I think they're in similar situations. But I think the targets actually might be bigger for Wilson this year with the Corey Davis situation, with the question marks about Al Lazard and Randall Cobb and the tight ends, where I think you might have Dalton Kincaid, you might have Gabe Davis, you might have some other guys emerge, maybe some targets for James Cook out of the backfield. But this Jet situation seems to be, I don't know what the floor on targets for Garrett Wilson is, but I think it's pretty high. Yeah, I just... His his ceiling with Aaron Rodgers, I think his ceiling comes with like we already know he's going to get the targets and the receiving yards. I think his ceiling comes with how many touchdowns he could score now that he has a real quarterback. And then I'll go through my last guy here, and then you can go through your two players sure. that your two other players that you are higher on. It's Khalil Herbert, right? I've been talking him up, but Justin Fields has played on five drives this preseason. Herbert had 60% of the carries on those drives. Deonta Foreman, the guy behind him, only 22%. Roshan Johnson, the rookie, 0%. Uh, That's according to Matthew Berry's fantasy life. Again, I've always just wanted the running back that's starting for the Bears. I thought Khalil Herbert was the most talented out of the bunch, and he's proven to be so, and it seems like he won the starting job. So I feel very confident taking him now, and I've, I've been reaching on him in every draft. Just to make his ADP is so stupid low on every platform that like he is going to go higher than what it says on the list. And so I'm taking him in the seventh round just to make sure I I get Herbert on my team. Yeah. I think that's a fair way to target him unless they are the mystery team on Jonathan Taylor. Then we might be out on Khalil Herbert. That's the only way I think right now that Khalil Herbert could slip any more than that uh, as you're pumping up, up here. Now I had love and Romeo for my, First couple of picks here, 
I'm going with, I don't know. I'm a wordplay guy. I have Brandon Cooks and James Cook. So I've got too many cooks maybe in the kitchen here cooking up uh, a storm here in fantasy football. But when I look at uh, Brandon Cooks, I think you're on board with this. Uh, just the way things are going, I mean, looks like Michael Gallup might be phased out a little bit for Jalen Tolbert a little bit more. So it's a drop-off. Uh, you like Jake Ferguson, but he's still a young guy that you have to get acclimated uh, totally into the starting role. Brandon Cooks has been looking great here, and I was not sure what his role was going to be with all these other receivers. Were they going to throw enough? Were they going to be run heavy? But now I feel like they do want to throw the ball quite a bit in Dallas and kind of reestablish throwing on their own terms. So I think Brandon Cooks is going to eat up a lot of volume, and I'm comfortable with his history of production over his multiple teams. Now, James Cook... Maybe I'm a little bit too crazy about at this point. I'm not drafting him that high. I'm looking at more of an RB2, maybe a flex, depending on how I address running back early in drafts. I I just think he's going to catch a lot of passes. I don't say that he's the most explosive guy, but I don't trust uh, Damian Harris to stay healthy. You have Latavius Murray hanging around. I don't think he's going to do too much. So I just like the talent of James Cook and – I might say, look, James Cook had his value versus Dalvin with the Jets in that uncertain situation with Brees Hall. I think James Cook, his brother, younger brother, is in a lot better situation here. So I do like James Cook a little bit more. I think I was off him completely in terms of not being all that interested in the Bills running game, but now he's creeping back into that again. I'd say RB23 to RB26 conversation for me, so I guess the average of RB24. Yeah, I will say I almost put James Cook here because I, I was all the way out just like you were. But he does seem to be you know, maybe the Bills finally feed a running back, right? I don't think he gets a ton, a ton of carries. I don't think he's like top 10 in the league and carries, but maybe they do lean on the run game a little bit more. You have to hope he gets the touchdowns in the pre this last preseason game. He was in on like the entire drive and looking good. And then Damian Harris comes in and steals a touchdown. That's what I'm worried about. But I am higher on him and more willing to draft him in the right spot than I was prior. And then Brandon Cooks, I've been, you know, I've been saying I yeah. love his value all offseason long. Now we have to get to close out the show. We're going to get into some players that we're now lower on after the preseason, right? We have to we have to be fair. There's guys that we talked up and, you know, we're getting a little worried. So we're going to go to the other side to close out the show. Before we do that, let's talk about the game time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. A few weeks ago, my sister was in town, and while we were out and about, we decided at the last minute we wanted to go to a Houston Astros game. And from past experience, I knew I could hop on the Game Time app, find cheap tickets, purchase with ease, and receive the tickets to my phone instantly. I've truly never had a bad experience with Game Time. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Vinny, who are you? You can run through your three guys here. 
Who are you lower on now after going through all three weeks of the preseason? Yeah, um, Rashad White, I think I was somewhat low on him to begin with, but I'm a little bit lower now. I don't trust him completely to carry the load we're looking for in Tampa. We have uh, Sean Tucker. Looks like he's going to make the team out of Syracuse. He was getting some first-team reps. Keyshawn Vaughn is getting a little bit involved. I think Rashad White is still clearly the starter, but I'm not necessarily wanting to invest in the Bucks offense and uh, Baker Mayfield starting. It doesn't really make me want to be there with their running game. So uh, I'm a little bit different on Damian Pierce because he's a little bit more established with his workload, but Rashad White – yeah, a little bit concerned with out on Cam Akers. Uh, just not a fan of him getting into a fight there. That's not good, right? Getting thrown out, and he's already been in the doghouse before with Sean McVay. They really are trying to push the Kyron Williams agenda, maybe even the Zach Evans to see what they can get out of him. So I'm just a little bit nervous on Cam Akers that things are going to go south with him with his coaching staff like they did early last season and really was disappointing. And then Alexander Madison, I hate to bring this up for you, Michelle, but I just can't get behind Alexander Madison. Maybe this mystery team is the Vikings, like you mentioned, and they're going after Jonathan Taylor. He's a guy that I think just comes up with a few nicks here and there. I think this is the underrated part of him is that I don't know if he can hold up, right? We haven't seen him get the 15, 18 touches that uh, Dalvin Cook was getting. And I think, again, I think it was a game in Seattle where he also got hurt. Like I think Dalvin Cook got hurt early in the game, then Madison came in, then he got hurt immediately, and they had to go away from both of these guys. So I just don't trust him to be durable. Ty Chandler's looked okay. We'll see about the rest of this depth chart. You also have Dwayne McBride behind him that's looked pretty good. So, I just don't want to invest too much highly in Alexander Madison as an RB two. So You're I think white makers are probably You're missing out. Yeah. I, I'll miss out. I think I'll live. And again, we've said, this is one of the things we're going to be watching carefully on the show on who's right with Madison, but yeah. I'll let you start there, defend Madison. And then you can get into your three guys. Listen, we haven't really learned anything. I feel like about this uh, Vikings backfield during the preseason because they haven't played any starters and Alexander Madison hasn't played at all. I think that's a really good sign for him that they really are depending on him. The only reason I'm sweating it out right now is because who is this mystery team and the bears have come out to say they're not in on Jonathan Taylor. Now that's not always accurate, right? Maybe they're just trying to hide something, but it, it seems like it could be the Vikings. That's the only thing that would be stressing me out but hopefully he just goes to the Dolphins. Besides that, I think Madison gets this full role. And any of these, so many running backs get injuries, right? Like, I'm not worried about the one time he got injured. Like, any of these running backs well, can get injured. He's again in the preseason, so <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I'm just well, worried. Hamstring when I see that he's word. He's fine. He's fine. Anyways, I'm going to add two more running backs to this list. So, and it's it's getting to that point where maybe the running backs in the middle of the draft are kind of gross, like they normally are. So maybe you really do need to spend up on at least one of those guys uh, in your draft to feel confident about your running back one. But the two running backs I'm adding to this list are Travis Etienne and Ken Walker. So with Travis Etienne, it seems like, you know, I'm coming onto your side a little bit here with Tank Bigsby. I don't want to, but I mean, all the hype is around, around Tank Bigsby. 28 carries, 159 rushing yards, 5.7 yards per carry in the preseason. Many guys have looked really good in the preseason before and killed it and then did nothing in the regular season, right? Like, did not get work. But it seems like the Jaguars are set on making him a part of this offense. While ETN will be the leader and will get the most touches, I do think Bigsby is going to be annoying pain in the butt to ETN managers when it comes to stealing touchdowns and snaps and 
I still think ETN is will lead in fantasy points, but it's just going to be too annoying along the way with Bigsby coming in. So I'm getting a little bit lower on him. And then with Kenneth Walker, it's just he's been dealing with an injury the whole offseason, right? Preseason yeah. with a groin injury, and he actually has real competition there with him. They spent an early second rounder on Zach Charbonnet, and he's looked really good this preseason. So when you're talking about a guy in Kenneth Walker who – is dealing with a groin injury who's not the best of pass catching backs, who is a smaller guy. And you have Zach Charbonnet there who's looked really good that can have the goal line work, that can have the receiving work. They're both going to like, I, I don't think Walker is going to be just out of this offense. He's going to get tons of carries and he's so explosive. It's just, it's going to be way too inconsistent with these two guys just stealing work from each other. And then my last one is tight end Greg Dulcich. Uh, I'm not, super low on him but this preseason has scared me off of being like I was so hyped it's you know calmed my hype down a little bit so Russell Wilson has played this preseason he's had 19 pass attempts zero of them have gone to Greg Dulcich but three of them did go to Adam Troutman who I was not expecting to be a thing in this offense this year but it seems like Adam Troutman is more of that you know, regular tight end they want to use like as their main guy out there, which is kind of scary. They did come out to say, according to Athletic, there was this report that says Peyton wants to use Dulcich in like a joker type role this year. And they've been using him all over the field. He's getting a ton of targets in training camp. So if they use him in that way, and they do need targets, right? I mean, now you have Jerry Judy and your Tim Patrick's out. Like there, you need you need guys to target in this offense, but anytime you say you want to use them in the special role, it's like, it, I feel like it never ends up happening, you know? So I'm, I'm a little scared off due to Adam Troutman, but I still am willing to take a shot on him late in drafts just for the upside. Yeah. Um, I'll start with Greg Dolchish and then uh, we'll uh, examine, we'll put these uh, backs that we talked about to blender and see how we would draft them and uh, see if we're out on anyone, if we want to take them lower, we'll figure that out in a moment. But Greg Dolchich, I'm going to add a little bit of uh, flavor to what he said. I'm looking at a headline about Sean Payton raving about Albert O's catch yesterday or a couple days ago at the end of the preseason. So he's like Albert O. He likes Adam Troutman. He brought him in, and he brought in Marcus Callaway. He's trying to bring in Quan Smith right now with a Jerry Judy injury. He wants all his guys. He's clearing out Hinton and Hamler and like Tim Patrick is down and all these people are leaving. Sean Payton is this. I don't want any of these guys that were here before. This is my concern. I don't think Greg Dolchich started on the right foot with Sean Payton impressing him. So when they say Joker role, I'm a little bit worried. Is it Joker like Taysom Hill? Is that a Joker? What exactly? Not the worst role. At? Yeah, so but I don't it does know. say is, that they've been the targeting him. Us is the question. Like, <laughs> are we just like, why are we investing in this guy? There's competition at tight end. That there's legitimate competition that Sean Payton likes. So now you have three tight ends that you're worried about. It's much like when Noah Fant was there and you had to deal with Albert O. You had Fant being a, a talent, and he said he should be better than this. And even in Seattle, you say he should be better than this, but you're not getting it because yeah. the coaches insist on using multiple tight ends. It's kind of like the Colts situation, just a little bit more condensed here. So, yeah, I, I think I'm completely out on Greg Dulcich now. Michelle, I know you're going to take Alexander Madison still, no matter what. Yeah. So let's uh, put the other four guys here in a blender here. And Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, Cam Akers, how high you're looking to take these guys and 
where you, you feel comfortable them dropping. Yeah, so they all kind of have different costs, right? So if we're looking at costs, then definitely Alexander Madison. And then I th- still think I'd be willing to go with, you know, Rashad White at cost. I'm pretty much out on Travis Etienne and Ken Walker at cost. They're just going too high at this moment. And I do think these uh, rookies take too much work from them. Cam Akers is just oh, sure. I mean, if you <laughs> like, yeah. if you want to, but he's not going high either. So it's really just Alexander Madison out of these guys that I really want. And yeah. if I'm going to take a shot on any other guy at cost, it would be Rashad White and PPR leagues. Yeah, I still, yeah, White. The price has to be good for me to do it, and I, I think he might have an appeal. Now, I don't think I'm totally out on Travis Etienne. I do want his value to decrease a little bit more where he was going as a running back one. I'd like him more in the middle of running back twos to feel comfortable. And maybe somebody will drop him down to that value in, in some leagues here because of the present of tanks tank Bigsby. Now I think one thing about Etienne, I'll say this is kind of the reverse situation, kind of very similar to the bills, right? I mean, James Cook, Travis Etienne, similar backs, but then you have, a different back, right? The rookie is Tank Bigsby. I feel like there's a little bit of Damian Harris. Like, is that one of the hardest things in fantasy? I think we saw it last year to the nth degree with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. The split where it's like, this guy's going to get the receiving work in this situation. This guy's going to be the power back. And then you put them all together, you're not getting a lot unless some guy gets 80 catches or some guy gets 10 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it work before, right? We've had the Melvin Ingram slash Austin Eckler years where both were good. We had the uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara year. Like, it's happened before. It's just a hard thing to do. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I mean, that's a, I don't want to deal with that, too. Then I got to figure out. Then I got to watch the other guy. And you said it a little bit. It's very frustrating to see that happen. It's like yeah. when your guy gets all the work and he's excited and he ends up with, like, 85 yards from scrimmage and he has like three or four catches to go with that and then this other guy pops in steals two touchdowns like he did all the work and you just uh, fall in there and do what you need to do so uh, yeah I I wish it wasn't the case I wish teams would just say we're going to keep this guy on the field the whole way and look if he's the better player he's going to be better in the red zone too so it just teams and coaches they're annoying here and this is part of why we dropped some players as well on our list now i think uh i will give my final preseason thought here michelle and then you can do yours i i think i'm very excited about the young quarterbacks we've talked about them as well kenny pickett jordan love sam howell i'm targeting pretty much all these guys as a qb2 even if i've got some really good guys like if i have trevor lawrence justin herbert even Justin Fields with his injury risk here. I want to get a high upside RB or QB2, I should say, and maybe skip that Daniel Jones, Geno Smith uh, tier that is sitting there. So I think that's what I'm feeling like is that I'm going to get invest in that quarterback late or and early and get the guy that I'm looking for with the upside and then miss that middle. And that's my biggest takeaway right now from the preseason. Yeah, I think mine is that uh, these running backs are getting grosser and grosser already. And this happened, I mean, this happened last year, right? We went through it and it was like, man, so many running backs are gross this year. Like they're just not getting the touches that we normally depend on back in, you know, three, four, five years ago. So I, I think in this situation where they keep getting grosser, it looked like there was a lot of depth. Um, I'm just it, it seems like everyone is on board that Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase should be picks one and two. Like 
I haven't been on that. I think if I'm picks one, two, three, four, like I want either CMC or Bijan Robinson. I want that top tier running back on my team because you can get a great wide receiver at the end of the second round. Great. That it, maybe he's not Justin Jefferson, but he'll be right there. And I just don't think unless Tony Pollard were to fall all the way to the back of the second, which he hasn't been doing, you're going to have a huge gap between CMC Bijan and that, that guy you get there. So I am all bored on taking a running back. If you have one of those top picks in the draft. Yeah, that's excellent advice. I, I agree with you there as well. So some good stuff here really coming out and we got more draft stuff for you as you uh, build up here Labor Day. I'm sure a lot of you will be wrapping up uh, looking at your league. So we'll have more insight for you on the show. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Network, your team every day. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.